De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. An I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the revenue generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be discussing the changing face of B2B marketing. Joining us is Jordan Crawford, who is the CEO at Blueprint, which helps B2B companies build go-to-market systems by pain, not persona. They download your customer's buying context, score your entire TAM by pain, and then build automated outbound email sequences that get 5 to 33% positive reply rates. Blueprint eliminates the need for your sales team to ever research a company again or figure out what to say to them. So far this week, Jordan and I have talked about why your buyer's research process has changed and where do B2B buyers go to evaluate SaaS. And today we're going to continue our conversation by talking about Adapting to changes in how buyers research. Okay, here's my conversation with Jordan Crawford, the CEO at Blueprint. Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Doug. I haven't received the box of whiskey that you promised. I was wondering if you had my address and if you need me to give that to you. I do. I do have your address. It's 123, never going to happen, San Francisco, California. <laughs> you, you got the city right. Uh, uh, don't worry, the Postal Service could get it to me. <laughs> so just give it a shot. Let me know what it's well, in the I mail. Just heard, I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. So <laughs> folks, I Welsh on bets all the time. So uh, this is nothing new. But Jordan, I feel like this is sweet spot for you, right? So this is your business model at the end of the day, right? This is how you think about helping sellers. And you've kind of witnessed the birth of the buyer's toolkit. So set us up. Like, How are you thinking about this currently? How are you thinking about getting buyers to adapt to these changes? Yeah, well, I think we got along for a long time on attention. So there was a world before Zoom Info where actually you as a seller, you know, the better people that could get contact information, it was hard to find people, hard to get a cold of them. So the best place that you could find leads is good. Now everyone has your contact information. You cannot start a job without appearing in at least 100 different sales databases. Like, good luck, right? Apollo has your information. If you think about taking a new job, Apollo knows it before you do. <laughs> and they've got your contact information. They got your cell phone number. They got your eye color. They got your birth date. They know everything about you. Uh, surprisingly a lot. I, You know, this is funny, Doug. I switched my title to not the VP of sales enablement at outreach.com just to see what uh, would happen. Within two days, Sendoso sent me a book without ever having my address on like go-to-market strategies with like a fake handwritten note. I was like, this is insane. I don't advocate this, but that's the kind of data that exists out there. And so I think that really the key problem here is that you need to understand the problems your customers face and to educate the your sales team about those problems. And so there's like a tool called Winter 
I think it's wynter.com. I may have got got that wrong, but they will pay people like the Doug Bells of the world if you're selling into CMOs to review your copy and provide you feedback. So you can use tools like that. There's a service called Forget the Funnel that does research with your existing buyers to like understand and map the problems that your customers hire your product to solve, right? You can, I think actually people are way over-invested in people and under-invested in data. I had coffee with a CMO yesterday and they do like network traffic data. So they have all this really rich data and I'm going to work with them and figure out how do we programmatically notify network engineers when they are experiencing a problem and send an educational email to the company the exact moment that they need this service and how to fix the problem. So I'm going to be able to send something that's like, your house is on fire now. Here's where the fire extinguisher is. Here's how you pull the fire extinguisher. That's the type of thing that marketers and sellers are going to need to to do. But it always starts with understanding the problems the customer face. And I think that we're just drastically under-investing in in that piece and really understand your customer. I mean, that's a tried, it feels like 1980s advice here, but it's like, it's always tried and true. And it's the thing I see over and over again. I would agree that any good selling and marketing approach is going to be based on the problems that your buyers have. But I also feel like we're creating one of those problems. Like we are the originators of one of the biggest problems, which is Everything we talked about two days ago, right? All the aggressive selling tactics, the fact that there's so many choices. Frankly, the fact that there's career risk now, if you bring an application on board and that application doesn't work, you got a problem, right? Because the results are not going to be there. So I feel like on some level, the problem is, you know, it's on us, right? The selling process is, is not awesome, right? Well, I want to talk about that. But first, what I want to do is I want to talk about the other tools that exist for individual buyers that are, that are making that seller's process harder. And then let's circle back to the question of how can we create an experience for buyers, which is you're absolutely right, Doug, we created this problem, right? We handed out shovels to all of our SDR team and said, dig. And you know, what, what is this hole? This is the graveyard of the buyer. We're going to throw him in the, in the pit at the, at the end of this experience. I'm stealing that from you big time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like the more SDRs, the more shovels that you're handing out. And you're like, what's your job to bury as many buyers in the ground as as fast as we can. So I think that, you know, there are tools like lifesgenie.com and it's AI to prevent unwanted calls. They have like a 99% success rate. So they actually say, hi, do you know Jordan? And it's like, what are you calling him about? I have, I want to sell, da, da, da. And they will kill that thing. So not only are they eliminating the like, you know, you've reached Hilton Hotels, you know, like they're eliminating that stuff, but they're also eliminating cold calls, right? Gated.com is a service that sits in front of your email and it's auto replies to every email if someone's not in your contacts. It's like, click here if you know Doug. If you don't know Doug, you can pay $2 to Doug's charity to get this email delivered. Weirdly enough, this service actually helps sellers because if you pay the $2 to get in touch with Doug, Doug usually feels good about that, right? It's reciprocation. Doug's like, I guess I'll take a meeting. You donated $2 to the whales. So their data shows that, you know, even though someone gave you $2, you're like, go pound sand. My my time is worth $4.50 and I'm Doug Bell. So I think that those are the types of tools that are coming. The other thing is like app called Cloaked, cloaked.app 
will work with phone numbers that require two-factor authentication. So now if you're filling out a demo reform, not only do you have like Apple's private relay email, but you can use this app called Cloaked. You can use other this like mailinator domains to like provide fake. So if you want to download eBooks, you can use tools like this. My friend at HP, they're, uh, they've already built systems. They don't get any cold emails. Like how, how amazing is that? They're the technology at those systems. They get so many cold emails. They have a whole department that is just to put that stuff away. Jordan, remind me never to invite you on the podcast again, by the way. Like, <laughs> like seriously, we've talked about how much the buyer's journey, frankly, is out of our control and, and how much of the visibility is reduced. And you've just recommended four tools that are going to reduce it down to a percentage and a half. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that it's not, you know, I didn't invent these tools and I'm not the one that's selling these tools, but they're coming because the experience is so bad. So let's complete that. And by the way, Apple is in, you know, Apple is the filter in which all of your buyers have to go through, right? The iPhones are going to control that experience for you. And as they get more and more market share, Apple is only going to make it harder, right? They eventually will come for your cold calls and Apple will get good at that. They're already doing things like blocking pixels. So you can't tell open rates if someone opens it on their iPhone. They have private relay, which will actually mask your location. So this whole idea of like, oh, well, Sixth Sense can tell when anyone in the Salesforce tower is searching for you know the latest B2B SaaS software, that stuff's going to go by the wayside. And so now we have to answer the question, well, what do we do about it? And Doug, this is where I'd love to get some of your thoughts here because I think that this is in, like the problem is we've created this really heavy plane with some expectations and we're going to have to change the direction, change the speed all while we're mid-flight. So we've hired all these SDRs. We haven't really trained them all that well. It's a bad model. But how do you take off one sock while putting on the other the other shoe? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't wear shoes and I don't wear socks. Because <laughs> you're, yeah, you're in Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, a, I'm, I'm in hippie land. I'm, my feet are up right now. And uh, I got to tell you, there's nothing on them. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking a doobie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, of course, if anybody from my company is listening and that never happens. So, okay, fine. I like this. Great. Because I have to feel like I, I feel like we got to land this plane somewhere. So I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to the buyer's journey. I think that was first episode, right? Talked a little bit up about the buyer's journey and, and how different tools apply. So let's take that buyer's journey. I'm going to super simplify. I'm going to start top of funnel, right? And a couple of days ago, we talked about what's happening there. We've got applications that help buyers research. So we're going to say Trust Radius, G2 Crowd, and Captera, right? And then up there, I'm going to group the I'm going to group those buyer networks. So I'm going to talk about those peer networks that people are using. So in both cases, my advice to folks that are in that place where you know that's really where they need to be present, and they need to be active is if you're down, you're kind of host. It's a little binary, meaning if you've got a poor reputation on G2 Crowd, Trust Radius. And if people are speaking ill of you, there's not much you can do. Recovering that reputation is a problem. So for those folks, I'm going to call you zombie companies. I have no short-term advice for you. Like you got a problem, right? And, and you need to go to your product leaders. You need to go to CX leaders. And you got to figure that stuff out because guess what? You don't have a marketing right. You got a bigger problem than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. So what I would advise are three things. First of all, if you are not in that cohort of zombie companies and you have customers that love your product and want to talk about it, every single quarter, you should be incenting them to get on there and provide real reviews, coherent reviews. So think about your marketing as not necessarily getting prospects to be active, get your customers to be active, 
get them on those applications and get them talking about you. And by the way, keep it fresh because the reviews get stale fast and people figure out when you stack the reviews, you can still stack the reviews. Let's take that a step further and talk about this from a sales process and talk about the types of outbound campaigns that are are working. And this is probably just a good lens generally. So one of the one of the things that just always works is when you can educate a buyer so specifically in a first message that you can understand their problem. So that might be like in my case, I'll look at job descriptions of people that are hiring SDRs and in the SDR job description, it says build lists. And then I can also look at their B2B tools. And I said, it's like, okay, like buy Apollo or like use these tools. And so now I know that they're having SDRs that are doing something that's like really unfortunate and they are spending too much on tools depending on what tool set they're using. That's good. But for some products, you can do even better. Think about cybersecurity, right? And if you can invest money in buying great data, you can say, here are the open ports you have. Here are the other companies that had those open ports. Here's the risk that they took. Here's the consequence of that risk. Here's how you fix it. That is a message that is not about you, that is not about your product, and it is a and it is so specific about the problem that you solve. That's the kind of thing that you can cut through the noise, where you don't have to rely on tools like TestBox, where you can actually deliver value to your buyers. But to do that, you need a different system than the SDRs. The SDRs don't have the they don't have any budget, they don't have the resources, they don't have the capabilities, they don't have the insights. And so you need to kind of reorient your go-to-market team to be about, if I had perfect information on my market, what is the one, two, three, five things that I wished I knew about my buyers that I could educate them about the problems that they're suffering and prove that they are suffering those problems? I think it's a great call out, Jordan. And, and I think there's, you know, we, we're talking about the tactics of how you appear within peer networks. And we talked about the tactics of how you appear in G2 CrowdTrust Radius and Captera. But I think the underlying message here that I'm taking away that I completely agree with is see yourself as not necessarily a disruptor to the process, but a facilitator of the process. In other words, how can I help educate on my product or even my category, right? How am I helping expose the things that are good about my product? And I'm not going to be shy about the things that maybe aren't appropriate given the buyer's needs. So I agree. Okay, I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to jump into the middle of the funnel. We were there with TestBox. We talked about how quite often it's entirely possible the buyer's journey which typically begins with the demo request, that's going to go away. Yeah, yeah, the demo request, yeah. Yeah, contact us for enterprises. Like, contact us to churn is what that button is going to say <laughs> right there. Right, yes. So test box, I'm gonna, let's, let's tackle test box. So again, out of the domain of sellers, certainly to be sure, but something that's going to be a huge disruptor in terms of how we think about buying and selling. So in that case, I'm having a conversation with my product team. And we gave this advice a couple of days ago, Jordan. We said, this is a slow moving wave. You can see it off on the horizon. And I have to tell you, if your trial conversion rates are low, if you use trial, or if you're, you've got bottlenecks in PLG, God, let's hope you're not in that case, because if you are, your PLG model is not working. But I think that you've got six months, right? So the wave is coming. You need to sit down with your product team and say, how does TestBox ingest my application? And how is that going to be viewed against other applications? And we're going to start by actually doing it ourselves. And so- it's not a marketing or selling tip. It's a product tactic. How do I get in front of this coming wave? So for me in that place, I'm having a conversation with my product team saying, hey, guess what? You're now up. You're up. 
And I think that this is a natural instinct. I will say that there is another way to solve this problem. What you're saying is that, hey, we actually need to think about a PLG motion about the ability to show, not tell. I'm saying that there's another lens to this, which is what if we got way better at telling? And instead of the reps being incentivized based on, hey, did they close or not? What was the experience like if they didn't close? Who's the person that's going to leave and be like, you know what? I had a great conversation with Doug. He told me that lean data is just not right for me. We use HubSpot. We have no plans to, to, to shift off. They said, you know what? We, we need Salesforce. And oh, you're actually, you only have four reps right now. You don't have a routing challenge. You don't need us. Or, you know, so that is the thing that's going to engender trust when that person leaves and they start a new, that's not going to pay this quarter. It's not going to pay next quarter, but someone's going to be like, you know what? Doug told me that this is a bad bet for me. How amazing is that? So I think we also need to reinvest in what is the, you know, when the sales rep gets on the phone, A, how do they get on the phone, right? Like, like, and we need way better strategies to do that. And I think that there's still an opportunity to get on the phone to be able to get around companies like Testbox because you have more money, more time to sell your own product, right? That'll always be the case. Once you can get around folks, how can you create a buyer experience that is actually much better? And that's things like the challenger sale, like finding ways to incentivize reps if someone is not a fit. How do you say it's your job to disqualify a customer? And if you've done your damned best and you cannot do it, then you sell to them. Okay. I want to bottom line this because, again, we've picked a topic that's so, so hard to unpack. But I'm going to bottom line this. And I'm going to pick up what you're saying, Jordan, but I'm going to take you a step further. I'm going to say this. I firmly believe that in the next 18 months, the majority of the buyer's journey are going to be dominated by a lot of the tools we're talking about. And it's going to happen. 18 months sounds like forever, but it's going to be a sea change. And what I'm going to say is you and I have talked about this. I have to tell you, I don't know how many guests I've had come on and talk about this. And that is... We're leaning into the wrong metrics. Matt Hines is the person I think that's most aligned. If anybody hasn't heard of Matt Hines, he's sort of the CMO, CMO. But what it's coming down to is this. We're ignoring the poor buyer experience in return for revenue. And Jordan, this is really, this is the foundation of your business. So I'm going to take it a step further. Short-term, short-term revenue. Short-term revenue, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take it a step further, which is to say, you're going to lose so much control of your buyer's journey that your only tactic to really measure future impact, in other words, producing revenue is measuring the performance of your sellers in terms of the buyer experience. I don't know what the metrics are. Jordan, I'm going to leave it up to people like you to come up and tell me what those metrics are. But I firmly believe that we're going to change from, and guys, listen, this is big. We are going to change from being sellers who push to educators that pull. And our job is going to be to be guides in the selling and the buying process. And what Jordan and I are talking about is We can thunder on all day. Jordan and I can just go on and on and about this. But what we're saying is it's not theory. It's going to be practiced really soon. So if you are not ready for this stuff, guess what? you got a problem. And the organizations that are going to win are the ones that are saying, how do I create a wonderful buyer experience? Keep that in mind, Jordan. Agree, disagree. Am I the chump or am I the champ here? I think I'm the champ. (laughs) <laughs> I think we're we're both champions. This is a everyone wins in this episode, Mr. Bell. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm Jesus on the mount here. I'm proselytizing <laughs> a little bit, which is my signal to end the episode. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Dad. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Jordan Crawford 
CEO at Blueprint, for joining us in part four of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Jordan and I are going to dig in and talk about building your buyer research toolkit. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 